Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Lost. This week, we talk about the possibility of a triumvirate of forces in control on the island. We wonder how the Losties knew they were trapped on an island, as opposed to on the coast of, say, India or Australia or Florida, and a whole lot more. So thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of Rethinking Lost, episode 30, I think it is. Uh, I'm Ultimate Manus, and joining me today, as every other day he is joining me, <laughs> is Scott Copperman in America. How are you? Hello, everybody. Is it America or is it USA? What do you prefer? America's fine. Yeah, okay. Anyway, you're over there, I'm over here. Any comments or thoughts on the episode Dr. Linus this week? I actually very, very much liked it. You know, I wouldn't say it was my favorite, but uh, gauging the reaction of the general community seems like people are saying it's all right. Some things disappointed certain people, and some things people liked. In general, though, I I really liked it. I, yeah, I tend to like it the second time round. It was a very good episode. It didn't have as much action as I'm expecting it to have. I think in season six, I'm expecting it all to fly off the hook and just go absolutely mental mm-hmm. and build it up into a crescendo at the end of the season. But it was a nice thinking episode. I was I just going to say, it's a very cerebral episode, and I, that's one thing I really liked about it. Things they picked to slip in and the choice of a reference here and there and, and the parallels between things we've seen before, I thought that was all. That was a very, very well-written episode. That was a little heavy-handed on, on the way they, they went out of their way to show what kind of teacher Ben was and how he's puts the kids first no matter what, as, as we learn in the end. And he's not one of those just an administrator kind of things. I, and I understand they were kind of rushed to try to create a, a portrait of Ben yeah, to make you not sure of what he might do, but also then to let you feel like you knew what he did in the end. I would have liked to have seen that a little lighter, but otherwise I thought it was very good. Yeah, it, normally they would have taken the whole season to get through to that, but where are they constrained at the moment? They're just uh, trying to hit it and hit it home straight away. And there we go, that's it, all done and dusted. Wipe their hands and move on to the next character. Right. Yeah, in the past it might have been two episodes. We might have seen some bits and pieces about the character before, and then this would have been a chance to go in depth. We had to get the exposition, the development, the conflict, and the resolution all basically in half an episode, because there's also stuff going on on island. Yeah. But I, I really liked it. It's not my favorite of all time, but if it probably, and this might be bold, but for pure entertainment value and, and really liking how they constructed the episode and all, this could be a top ten episode for me. Okay, cool. I think it's, for me, it's more of a grower. I think the more you watch it, the more you notice, and the more you just get to like it a little bit more. That's a terrible sentence, but we'll go with it. No, I know what you mean. I think it's going to have moved a lot of what's happening in Season 6 along, probably more than any other episode we've had so far. The fact that Ben had a chance to go the same route that Saeed did. It, it was a very parallel story in terms of, of being able to escape who you are, or who you've shown yourself to be in the past. And, and Ben did what Saeed didn't do. And I think that that's going to be very significant in our understanding of mm. how the Flash Sideways play out, You know what, I, what the meaning of Jacob and the Man in Black are. I tend to differ on that view, but I'd like to come back to that after a bit of feedback, okay. if that's all right. Sure. 
but I've got a very different view to that. Okay. Um, yeah, have you had any tweets or emails from anyone or views uh, in iTunes at all? <laughs> we had a couple things, uh, theories and, and bits and bobs, and nothing in that sense necessarily worth passing along other than the couple emails you have as well. We did get the odd iTunes review, and we might as well talk about the elephant in the room right away. <laughs> <laughs> On the U.S. iTunes site, after very positive reviews, which which really mean a lot, and they're a wonderful bonus, someone going by the name uh, Sad For You posted a review which simply says, Negative rubbish. Two stars out of five. Katie, from what Katie said, has been the best thing about the show. Now, <laughs> my my first reaction was really simply disappointment in not that someone might not like the show, because I don't think that it's someone who's really talking about our show. I think it's someone who's made an error, confused us with someone else, mm-hmm. and there's no way to get rid of it. <laughs> if it's someone yeah. who legitimately said negative rubbish, Scott Nelton talked too much, I wish the shows were shorter, I don't care for what they have to say, so I could live with that. But this is yeah. having a, a black mark that I don't think was intended for us, and there's nothing we can do about it. But I, I guess I know you wanted to respond to it as well. Uh, my response to the author, if you're listening, is if it was directed at us, it's an unusual bit of criticism. <laughs> you're entitled to your yeah. opinion. I find it very unusual because it says about uh, Katie from what Katie said is the best part of our show. Now, we've never had Katie from what Katie said on our show. No. But maybe that's the point. If we do have Katie from what Katie said on our show, and it just so happens to be the best show that we do, then you know, will the universe implode? I'm not too sure because it seems like he's had a flash forward and he's, ooh, I know what I'll write. I'll get in there first. There we go. Two stars. And where where the second star come from? I don't understand that. I think it's just a, a, a blip. Someone's gone to write something else. But no, you have to go through a couple of checks, don't you, to actually do it. So someone's actually set out to do this. Yeah. I think someone's confused our show with someone else. And likely then probably is not even no, listening don't at the names, moment. Don't name names. No, no. <laughs> I mean, probably isn't even listening at the moment. But, yeah. but I guess probably the best way to put it is you know, we certainly welcome the iTunes reviews. We We've been very lucky that the other 16 U.S. ones are all glowing and positive, and, and we appreciate it. You're all entitled to your opinion. Yeah. The iTunes ratings, they seem to be a burden on themselves. Everyone either puts a one-star or a five-star. But we have had a four-star review in the um, U.K. store, and it's from a, a guy called Charles1980. And he said, uh, very good podcast, intelligent debate. Keep it up with good words, folks. Not too keen on the background music theme and that's fine that's that's absolutely perfect he's he said he likes it but there's one thing that detracts from it so he's put four stars perfect absolutely blinding i've got no problem in that at all no because he, he, he just saying it how it is but when some dickhead comes along and oh relates to something that hasn't been on the show but no just be careful out there guys yes and if you gave us a nice review on someone else's website, we want it back. <laughs> Give it back to us. But yes, we did have uh, a number of nice emails. Again, some of them were kind of outdated with ideas and theories. Uh, some we'll talk about a little bit here. One was um, an audio clip we received from Kennedy, 
or also known as WeatherEye, one of the hosts of the Starbase 66. It's a pop culture science fiction podcast. Kennedy is a fan of our show and a big fan of Lost, and he sent us this audio clip. Hello, Scott. Hello, Elton. This is Kennedy from the Starbase 66 podcast. I have a question for you, and this first occurred to me actually a couple of years ago, but it sprung back to mind when I was watching the Lighthouse episode. When they first come up to the Lighthouse, and Jack and Hurley are looking at it, and they say, how is it that we never noticed this before? And that occurred to me back in Season 3 when they found the radio tower. You'd think they would have spotted the radio tower. It goes back to the four-toed statue. How is it that nobody has ever noticed these things? Well, I'll tell you why it is. They never walked the coastline. If you think back, Saeed tried in Season 1. He, he was going to walk around the island and get a sense of where they were. He got sidetracked, and it never happened. After that, they just kind of stayed where they were. And they'd go off on their adventures into the jungle, but nobody ever walked the perimeter of the island. And, you know, I, I'm no wilderness survival expert, but I do think that if I were trapped somewhere like that, that's the first thing I would do. And in fact, this bears to mind the big question is, how did they determine that they were on an island in the first place? I mean, they might have been on Hawaii, which is an island technically, but really they had no sense of that. They could have been in India. They could have been in Sri Lanka. They could have been in Madagascar. They could have been anywhere in the world. They never bothered to check. So basically they just went on the assumption that they were on a desert island, and that never made any sense to me. I mean, they could have discovered, who knows, that just around the corner, there was a luxury resort full of tourists who could have given them all sorts of papaya juice, cocktails, that sort of thing. They never bothered to check. And yes, it's, it's, it's a conceit of the story. We knew as viewers going in that it was a desert island story, but the characters never made that leap for us. And thinking back, you know, Lost is a show all about how nobody ever tells everybody the whole story and people proceed with mysteries, and that's why it works, but at the same time, it is a bit annoying. But I would love to hear the two of you, my favorite Lost experts, talk about how it is they decided they were on an island in the first place and whether there are some clues way back there or some indicators that I might have missed. Thanks. I love your show. You know that. It's a great, great way to look back at Lost, and I don't know what I'm going to do when Lost is over and your podcast and all the other great ones that I listen to go away. We'll have to come up with something new. Maybe rethinking Gossip Girl? Give us some thought. Thanks, guys. He raises a good question there, Elton, about how would they know they were on an island? Do you think they just assume? I think they are jumping to conclusions. Although the, the pilot did say that they were flying blind for, what, two hours in the wrong direction? And I don't know. From the outside perspective, we know exactly what's going on, don't we? But... From their perspective, he said in his clip, the first thing he'd do is walk, walk the perimeter to find out where he is. It's a huge island. And we all know that Saeed tried to do that, then he found the cable and ended up getting trapped by Danielle. I can't remember anyone else trying that sort of thing. Well, how many days really went by before they encountered the others and they you know put the torches up and Mr. Friendly said, this is our island? Oh, good. I, it can't have been more than a month. So sometime fairly quickly... Was that after the other 48 days? Well, that they were dealing with the others end of season one, weren't they? Because we had the black smoke right. uh, going over the beach. Even Rousseau might have mentioned it was... An, oh, she had the maps. She did have the maps, yes. So fairly quickly, I think they may have done what Kennedy suggested. You know, you had Saeed go walk the perimeter, and he came back with a set of maps. That was still a little while after, though, wasn't it? That was mid-season. 
Yeah, but I, you have every reason to assume it's an island. The sandy terrain, the the fact you're in the yeah. middle of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, but you could have landed on um, the coast of Australia oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or somewhere like that, and 20 miles down the road, literally down a road, which they never stumbled upon, then you, you could find a, a tourist resort. It'd be like, um, you know, in Toy Story 2, when the the toys are driving around the, the shopping mall and they bump into Barbie having all their mm-hmm. little parties on, on the shelves. It could be like that, round the corner. Yeah. Not huge Barbies, that would be weird. Just, you know, huge people having a party. Well, especially but, having found Otherville, they could wonder what else lies deeper into the island. Yeah, yeah, of course. It is a bit of a pickle, but yeah, they didn't really know anything until the maps turned up, did they? Right. Yeah, I, I don't suspect it was... As long as it's been to us, it's not a matter of years, it's a matter of weeks at most, but I, I think that just was the natural assumption, and, and they had little evidence to counter it, and then eventually they received evidence to support it. And they didn't really want to go into the jungle either, because we had the the monster stomping around as it was at that time as well. Yeah. Good question posed, though. Yeah. Do we have any other emails and tweets um, or theories and such? I've had a couple of tweets from a guy called, let me spell it out, E-W-E-N. Is that Ewan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, from Ewan R on Twitter. He sent us a couple of tweets here. Let me just read through a couple of them. In Lost Season 1, the plane flies miles off course when it encountered the island. In the alt timeline, it was pretty much the original flight path. Conclusion, the island moved. How someone turned the wheel and it ended up under the water. Hmm. Now... I know what he's getting at because they hit the turbulence. They were flying around for a, no, they well they lost flying around and then they hit turbulence, weren't they? So it could have been over the same position anyway. Yeah, I thought they had already turned back. Hmm. So at what point did the pilot turn back? I know he he'd already turned back. So maybe he got lost and then turned back again. Maybe around the island, the uh, electromagnetic interference was messing with the compass and such, and then. They were trying to, to head back somewhere because they, they were more than a thousand miles off course, he thought. That's right. Hmm. It's a very good question because they wouldn't really be flying over the same point, would they? Right. I don't know. Well, that's a head scratcher for everyone <laughs> to get on with. Yeah, cheers for that. Um, I've got another one from him. Why is Christian Shepherd's body still missing, even in the alt timeline? Uh, the answer is because he's the Shepherd candidate to take over from Jacob. Now, do you believe that he would be the, the Shepherd candidate instead of Jack? Well, not anymore. Not anymore? No. I might have bought into that earlier, but... I, and I still do think there may be some past Shepherd time on the island, but I, I think they've made it pretty clear now that Jack is the one. Mm-hmm. When he was sat with uh, Richard in the Black Rock? Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, the fact that Jacob brought him to the lighthouse. Okay. Yeah, fine. No, that makes sense. Let's just jump in there. Going to that scene with them at the Black Rock for a second, there were a couple things definitely worth talking about. Number one, Richard says he's been there for a very long time. Are are you fairly convinced that what they were saying there, without saying it outright, is he came on the boat, Jacob somehow helped him get free, granted him his gift of eternal life from that point on, Mm -hmm. and he hasn't been back to the boat probably because it was a negative experience. He was probably a slave. He Maybe he was part of an insurrection or a mutiny or whatever the case may be. He meant, you know, People are saying he's a slave. He may have just been someone who was imprisoned by the slaves. Maybe he used to be the captain of the Black Rock. Yeah. And they overthrew the boat, chained him in. 
I'm still of the opinion that he was the first mate who wrote the book that Widmore bought. I, I can see that. But I don't think he has to have been a slave. I think he could have been locked up as part of a rebellion. Yeah. Because they say it always ends the same. Let's assume that the Black Rock arrived and they went through a sequence of events. They fought amongst themselves and Richard was the last survivor. Mm-hmm. But you're generally satisfied that we can assume from now at this point on that Richard is related to the Black Rock. He's been there from that period on. Yeah. And he he was granted eternal life by natural causes, we'll say. <laughs> yeah, like he he can't he can't die of natural causes or by his own hand. No. All right. So when Jack came in there and he he agreed to help Richard and sat down, my thought was Jack was going to demand answers and refuse to leave unless Richard answered the questions. But I did think they were going to let Richard die then. Okay. Because he just, again, he had that just broken down look. I thought Richard said, like, the fuse. Jack sat down. He said, okay, let's talk. I think they went to commercial. And I pictured it was going to be this frantic Richard saying, you got to get out of here. What are you doing? And and Jack basically saying what he said, like, it's not going to go off if I'm here. I thought he was going to say, I've tried to kill myself. Just like you say you, you've tried to and you can't. I tried to jump off a bridge. I thought he was going to turn around and say, this bomb won't go off as long as I'm here. So if you want to die, Richard, you've got to answer my questions, and then I'll walk out that door. And I yeah. thought that's when we were going to get like a flurry of information. But it, it kind of played out that way, but it had a, a very different effect of now Jack seems much more empowered, much more confident, and to have gotten the message that Jack, uh, Jacob was trying to send by bringing him to the lighthouse. Yeah, he's becoming more and more the, the faith man, isn't he? Yeah. Now this this brought a um a question to my mind. Uh would you say Hurley has is full of faith for Jacob? He can see him, can't he, sir? Mm-hmm. He seems very full of it and very open to persuasion as well. Now Locke in season three was going through that uh transformation of trying to find out where he was and he had a glimpse of Jacob in the cabin, didn't he? Is it the more faith you have in him? the more you see him. And by the end of this season, Jack will actually see Jacob. Well, that could be. Even though he's, de- he's dead. Where he's going through this transformation, uh, Locke went through it and he, he got a glimpse of him. Ben couldn't see him at all. He didn't have faith in him. Well, he could see him, though. He could see him when he stabbed him. But he was, he was the man then, though, wasn't he? Now Jacob is dead, Hurley can see him. Oh, okay. Hurley's a... a- tough character for me to get a handle on. I'm, I'm starting to think of him... I guess it, it's a pretty common role in literature and fiction. Just the one who seems to be doing everything they can and and hopes to win the job, and then in the end, the person granting the, the prize gives it to someone who on the surface seems undeserving or almost even disinterested in, it in the first place. Mm. And Hurley, to me, is is that one who just seems like a perfect fit, seems like he's the obvious choice, and he's doing everything Jacob wants him to do, but ultimately Jacob's going to go with the guy who didn't even want the job in the first place. And mm. you know, A lot of times in films, it's the guy who's being forced to fit in a role, he doesn't even want the job, and, and by the end of the movie, yeah, he, he, he grows on him, he learns to find that balance between what he wanted and what he has to do, and yeah, it just seems like the- that's Jack, but then there's always this other character who's resentful of the fact that, that the Jack type is going to be the one who gets the job. Um, even though Hurley's not resentful, it, it's that type of character that seems like the perfect fit, but ultimately is not the one who's going to get the job, no matter how much it seems like he would be a good fit. 
It's, it's yeah. going to be the character who makes some sort of transformation who gets the job in the end. Right, okay. No, I understand that. Well, should we um, go off-island, just clear up the off-island stuff sure. first very quickly? Sure. Uh, what do we have? We had Ben Linus as a European history teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was talking about Napoleon's life and the island that was part of his exile and basically depicted Napoleon in a way that could have been a description of himself. Yeah, now would you say that that's how the the show actually ended up with... Um, he was trying to blackmail the principal, wasn't he? Mm-hmm into giving him his job, and he basically threw it back when he um, said, well, I'm not going to write a uh, a nice letter for Miss Rousseau. And it felt like he'd done the same thing. He, he'd left the principal in a position of power, but with no power at all. Ben had all the power. Right. I think that was basically it. The, once the letter was written, there was nothing that the principal had over him anymore. But he still had yeah. the emails, so I think he put the emails out there, and instead of asking, instead of take, trying to get the job in the end, he said, fine, just give me a great letter of recommendation for Alex, and we'll call it even. But then once he mm-hmm. got the letter, turned around and said, hey, you know, I still have these emails. Yeah. Ben doesn't seem that much different from the island Ben, even though apparently he was healed by the, the water in the temple. It doesn't seem, I know he's looking after his dad's uh, at home, and we find out that they've actually been um, been and gone from the island as well. I think it has a lot to do with the perception of Ben on island. It's always seemed to me that Ben was not a bad person. He just had no regard for the consequences of his actions. That mm-hmm. I, I believe, and I think even it was reinforced in this episode, that he's always felt he was doing the right thing. It just was done in a way that a lot of people would consider bad because he let collateral damage happen. With, you know, he didn't care. Yeah. But his decisions, he was making them with what he thought was the best interest of everyone involved. So here on, on Off-Island, I think we see him still thinking about other people, making decisions that he thinks are the best decisions, but more concerned about how other people might suffer in the process. Yeah, so do you think if the On-Island Ben was Off-Island in that same position, the same outcome would have uh, won out, or do you think that he would have taken the principal's job? I think he would have taken the principal's job. Okay. Well, a- as it was happening, I was thinking, no, he's going to take the principal's job and Rousseau's going to be left out hung and dry because that's the way he is. But where he hasn't got the darkness in him, obviously he took took a step back and thought, oh, hang, hang on a minute, I can still have control but not actually be the head of the, you know, the face of power. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it as a compromise until now, I, I really thought of it more that his whole impression of the principal was that the principal didn't care about what was supposed to be important. He didn't care about the students. No. So his actions, to me, were a demonstration of that he put the students above everything else, above the parking spot, above the, the desk, above the new job. Mm-hmm. It almost struck me more at first that it was kind of like a, not a newfound respect, but just kind of a more leveling of the playing field between the two of them that Ben had taken the initiative and, and challenged the principal that way. Right, okay. But then on a rewatch, then I started to think more, like you're saying, that, well, he got the letter and then still kept his foot on the neck of the principal. You know, and I'll take yeah. this, and I'll take that. But the fact that ours doesn't get the, the parking space, I mean, it's not like Ben sat there and went, and I want a new parking space for Leslie, and I want this on Tuesdays, and I want to be this and that and this. It seemed more like... Well, that seemed to me as if, okay, that will come later. He's 
already set out his agenda. He knows how it's going to work, and whenever he wants something, bang, he's just going to go up there and go, um, would you mind if we have some aprons for the science class? And the bloke will have to write the, uh, the check. Aprons for the science class, I could see that. Not parking spot for the teacher. Because even what we saw was the letter for Alex... And then he turned around and he said, we're going to have the history club, which he said early on, he thought that they should be rewarding the students who are interested in doing extra. And then the principal said, oh, you just want that for you because it makes you feel special. Mm. But I don't oh. think necessarily that's why Ben wanted it. I think it is that Ben felt it was the right thing to do. That Okay. But I think there was an example where, you know, Saeed last week had turned around and done basically the same thing that he had done in the island timeline. And I don't mean necessarily on island at that same moment of, of viewing, but I mean in, in his well, same, sequence of same. life. In in the original timeline, throughout his life, he'd always reverted back to being the killer. Yeah. And so given yeah, the chance one more time to walk away from it, he ultimately just gave in and, and did it one more time. Where here, with Ben, I felt like this is a Ben who had a chance to get the power that always was so important to him, and this time he chose not to do it. But you don't think so. You think that it's... It's different, or you think that it was a little more self-serving the way he he handled the principle? Yeah, I, I still think he got what he wanted, absolutely. But what do you think he wanted? Do you think he wanted to basically be the puppet master behind the principle, or he wanted just specific things? In the very beginning, I thought he actually wanted the position of principal, mm-hmm. but the more it played out, it seemed like he didn't want the, to be the head honcho. He just just wants the power. And he got the power by actually blackmailing the the principal. And he got what he wanted. He wanted the power. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And off island, they had the chat with uh, the Mile, uh, Miles and Ben, or was it Miles and Alana? Where he he turned around. Yeah, he turned around to Alana and said, "He's sorry. All he wanted was the power, and now it it was gone. It didn't mean anything." Well, he realized after the fact that he had already lost the thing that was really important. Which would have been Alex. Right. Where I think in the flash sideways, he chose to protect that which was important, which was Alex and th- that whole club, that whole group, mm-hmm. the, the academic part that, that had seen seemed to be suffering. And I think this whole confusion is partly the consequence of it all being jammed into half an episode. I mean, it could go either way. But I, I do think that he's, I think he's a better person. And I, I don't think he's as greedy. I think he was tempted. And a a parallel to that might be if you go back to uh, the original taking of Alex and the exile of Charles Woodmore. Yeah, he was looking after her there as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was looking after her, but he got Woodmore off the island by talking about the fact that Woodmore had a relationship with someone off the island. Mm -hmm. Same kind of blackmail of sorts, or same purpose that he, he used for Woodmore not being fit to be in charge. I don't think it was the taking of Alex was not at the same exact time. That might have been a precipitating event or or evidence of the growing conflict between Ben and Widmore. But mm-hmm. I, you definitely got the sense that the basis for the exile was that Widmore had had fathered Penny. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe we're actually talking about principles and parking spaces and aprons. <laughs> I know. <laughs> In the last... Well, uh, let's go on the island for a second there. Was that the first time Ben has ever been to the beach camp? Um, I think it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, he's never seen any of the graves before, has he? Or did they start out from there? 
when uh, Smokey was walking them to the foot. Well, they took the boats to the other I think island. It is, I think it is the first time he's been there. Yeah. Yeah, they're setting that up to be the scene for where Sawyer and them come back and they get shot yeah. at in the canoe. Oh, yeah, on the canoes uh, when they got people shooting at Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Fine. I think this is going to be when we'll end up seeing that, which would be kind of cool. It's a better mm. fit for the compared to the other times that we thought it might be. Yeah. Now, could that be in uh, in relation to Smokey turn around and ask Ben when he was chained up digging his own grave, which was very square as well, wasn't it? Yeah, he got that he very did a great square. job <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have dug it square for myself. Yeah. I think I would have just done... Uh, oh, nice you might have. You made him like, wait, 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 there's a blade of grass. Oh, i got to start all over again. No, nope, yeah. no, no, that's not good enough. Fill it in. Start yeah. again. Yeah. But he, he turned around and said uh, they're going to the, the Hydra Islands. Yes. And he, he wants Ben to go over there. Is that setting that up to for Ben to be one of the people in the canoes? Because he's got to get over there somehow, isn't he? Yeah, I, I think we're going to see the group on the beach head to the Hydra Island, and they're going to be behind Sawyer and Juliet ah. and shooting at them. And then they'll um, flash away. Smokey wants to leave the island, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. What's on the Hydra Island? The airplane. Yeah. But no Everyone pilot. knew that, didn't they? I was, I was the last one to know that, wasn't I? <laughs> Hi, what did you think of the story about why Frank didn't get on the plane? I was very disappointed by that. What, that he woke up late? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he was a drunk, wasn't he? I don't know. I thought he drank after. I'm pretty sure he was a drunk, and that's why he didn't get on the plane. When um, Naomi is being quizzed about the people that she's going to be taking into the island, she referred to him as a drunk. Yeah, I always thought he was just drinking because, you know, that was a life-changing event for him. That like, uh, you can't believe that 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 happened and all. But it might be. I But I really was expecting it to be that we would see Jacob involved in him having missed the plane. Maybe he he pulled the plug on the alarm clock. Yeah, maybe we'll still see that. The perception now among a lot of people is, again, well, Jacob must be good, Man in Black must be bad. I, I'm softening a little bit on certain aspects of that, but my own view is still they're neither good nor bad, just different methodologies. Mm-hmm. Although Ben seemed to redeem himself and chose to go with Alana, who was forgiving, and it's the side where Hurley is and the side where Jack is and Lapidus and, and all the good and warm and fuzzy people. You have to look at how Locke acted. Locke clearly could have gone and just wiped them all out. What, when he was at the beach talking to Ben? Yeah, he could have gone right after them, but he didn't. He said to Ben that he would like Ben to come. You know, People are saying he's promising Ben what Ben wanted, but at the same time... It's what Ben wanted. <laughs> it's, mm. you know, it, it's he could have just easily promised Ben Alex back. Yeah, I think that would have got him as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Is I, he well, offering him a position that he doesn't really believe in? Because uh, Smokey's turned around and said to Sawyer that the island doesn't need anyone. It'll do absolutely fine on its own with no one there. But yet he's offered the position of basically caretaker to Ben. Right. Well, and I think that's because he believes that's what what matters to Ben, as far as he's concerned. Yeah. It, it's a weird thing, because Locke, it seems to have been the one who has been interacting with Ben more than Jacob. You know, even before Locke died, the, the smoke monster, we're speculating, may have been the one that, that Ben was communicating with at times. Ben did everything he was asked to do, to the point of sacrificing his own daughter. He He was, in many ways, the ultimate person to leave in charge 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be his ultimate reward, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've revised my theory slightly. Still going with what we talked about last week, but you know, I I can see now how the Flash sideways may be a Jacob fixed, or um, maybe not Jacob fixed, but just kind of a, even a third party, the the candidate who takes over fixing the offer of the Man in Black to make it less less dangerous. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Are we still going with the the theory that this is, in all intents and purposes, a season seven that we're seeing here, which is set after whatever happens in the finale of season six? Yeah, or yeah, or maybe not after the finale, but yeah, that it's the epilogue, that, that something's going to happen and they're going to, to end up being able to live that life instead of the life that we've seen them live so far. And okay. I, I think that's why we're just getting these snippets, because that's, that's kind of enough. If you watch a lot of movies... All the action happens, and then you get that little bit of scene of them sitting on the porch, kids running in the yard, and then that's just supposed to tell you that then they lived happily ever after without you actually mm. having seen all that. So what we're seeing for pretty much all the people who made good decisions, <laughs> made selfless decisions, I guess, their lives p- patterning what they what decisions they made regarding going with Jacob or going with the man in black. Okay. But see, I, I just don't know. I, I think the opportunity to go there is going to come from the man in black. Because he promised. He promised Claire, he promised Sawyer, he promised Saeed, and he's, I think he will deliver on those promises. But it may not be in the form of the Flash Sideways. There may have to be another party who tempers that to make it the actual version we're seeing. Whether it's Jacob who says, yes, you can have it, but I can give it to you too, and I can give it to you, no strings attached, and yeah. your soul's intact and such. Or whoever takes over, whoever becomes Adam and Eve, maybe that's part of the sacrifice, that they help to make it that way. Right. Could it be these uh, flash sideways, they could be what could happen from the point of Smokey, but it's not quite what Jacob would give you. In the the realms of, let's go back to Saeed's one, he could have Nadia back, but he wasn't married to her. So he he could look but not touch sort of thing. And with Locke, he had, uh, he married Helen, he couldn't walk, but on maybe in the Jacob way of life, maybe Saeed actually gets to be with Nadia. Maybe Locke meets up with Jack and he's fixed and he can walk. It's the same sort of path, but just to the left and just to the right. Just okay, you can have it, but you can't touch it. Well, I don't it. think we have time to see like another set of versions, but of the ones we've seen so far, you have Locke who didn't get to make a choice. You have Saeed, who chose the dark. You have Ben, who seems to have decided to go with Jacob. Mm-hmm. You have Jack, who ultimately looks like he's going to go with Jacob and ultimately seems to have gotten resolution with his son. Yeah. Kate hasn't really made a choice, but if anything, she's with Dark, and she has kind of a life on the run. And Claire ends up with Aaron. Yeah. Do you think Ben now hates the Man in Black? Is he looking to retaliate against him? I think he's looking to redeem what he'd actually done with Jacob. I think the Man in Black is going to have to give him a reason to, though, because even though he said, I did what you wanted to do and I threw my life away, the Man in Black said, I, I didn't want you to die. She's not going to... I didn't want her to kill you. He didn't do anything to Ben that that isn't the result of someone spinning it to make him know for sure that he's... No. He's bad. He was trying to get... Smokey was trying to get Ben to kill Alana, though, wasn't he? He said, don't hesitate, just shoot her straight yeah. away. So he was setting that up to try and kill her yeah. there. Um, with Alana, she said that there's six candidates left as well. Who are the ones that we know? Uh, Saeed, 
Yeah. Jack Hurley, Sawyer, a Quan. Yep. The Petus is a candidate. I know he hasn't. That's what I was trying to think of what how she termed him. I mean, Miles is still alive. Wasn't Strom he was crossed, crossed out, out though? Austin. She wasn't one of the numbers. But she wasn't crossed out though. There were six if you counted Locke. Yeah, but she knows that Locke is dead. Unless she knows Widmore is is a candidate. Oh yeah. So would that be the uh, Wallace? Wallace Widmore, Charles Wallace Widmore. I don't get these names. <laughs> I really don't get these names sometimes. I have to think that he's the one who Jacob knew was coming at the lighthouse. See, I th- I thought it was a very poor episode because we didn't have any Claire, but then Widmore turned <laughs> up at the very end and just redeemed everything. Even though we had what three, four seconds of him there and one sentence out of him, it was just brilliant. We just need more of him. I was trying to remember the discussion of Locke and Widmore. When Widmore meets Locke after he uh, turns up in Tunisia, mm-hmm. and he said that there's there's a war coming, wants to make sure he's on the right side. Yeah. Now, this starts to paint a picture of why Ben and Charles may have had conflicts. Besides personal reasons, Jacob had decided that Ben wasn't fit, and right up until his death, he had hoped he was wrong about Ben. So he mm-hmm. may have basically told Widmore, you know, Ben's not, not on the right side. But then why let... Why let Ben lead? Why let Richard advise him? So, are you under the impression that um, Widmore's coming to the island to be on Smokey's team, and now Linus has been pushed over to Jacob's team? At first I did, but I I think now he's on uh, Jacob's side. Widmore's on Jacob's side? I think he's been allowed to, or been summoned back, or that somehow that, that they knew that this was going to come. I kind of picture him being uh, someone who's going to go and attack Smokey and fail, maybe be rescued by Ben. So Widmore's still a baddie, Mm. if he's going to be on Jacob's side. Yeah, he's going to go and go attack the Hydra Island right now. Okay. Is that where he's heading then? I don't know. If he's coming by submarine, it's also different because the looking glass is gone, right? So they don't have that little submarine portal. Yeah, that's all gone. Yeah, the, um, was it on the Hydra? The dock? I'm trying to think. There was a, there was a dock, because that's where, um, Locke blew up the last submarine. And that was on the main island, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. So he, he could be going to either one. Yeah, I I think he's going to attack Smokey, but I think right now he's probably heading to the main island. Okay. And I have to think Desmond's not far behind. We're more than, are we halfway? We're halfway through the season now. We haven't had Desmond yet, other than that flash on the airplane. Yeah, we're very close to halfway, yeah. Yeah, but oh, we haven't had any Desmond either, nope. have we? All right, here's a question for you. With Michael, right before Michael died, we saw Christian Shepherd come and tell Michael that he could go now. Who was that? I'm under the impression, after listening to a few podcasts now, I'm under the impression that maybe Christian Shepherd is the main guy. Where he's a version of the main guy, and you know how you said you had like a, a devil and a, a a angel on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. The Smokey and Jacob could be the devil and angel on his shoulder. So you have three main parties here now, and maybe when Ben was killed, it was the island saying, "No, you can go now. You're all done and dusted. That's you've done your part." Here's a question that could lead to something. Did we have any inclination of the smoke monster being on island? Before 
Like, when they were flashing around in the past, did they hear the monster? Did they have to worry about the monster? No, not one bit. I think we said that before, that there was nothing about the smoke monster in 77. Except for the fence being built, which we assumed was for the monster, but may have been to keep the others out. That's the way I saw it. It was just for the others. Keep them away. Then what if part of this betrayal that the Man in Black suffered is, like you said, it was like, it's a trinity. It's a force that embodied Christian Shepherd. Jacob and Man in Black. What if the return of Christian Shepherd to the island was some sort of precipitating event that that made the smoke monster a factor? So he was um, basically caged like an animal, and then Christian Shepherd landed back on the island, and then he was released. Yeah, I'm going to back off that though because Ben had okay. access to the smoke monster. He was able to summon it. Yeah, with that whole little room in his otherville place. Yeah, but that was only after. But it was only days after. It wasn't like it was years later. Okay. But I I could see that being a third party. Because it would explain the way Claire described how it was her father and her friend. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like they were two different entities. What happened, what, what would you say, uh, it's Ray Shepard was the granddad, wasn't mm-hmm. it? What happens if he, this is just a chain of cycle and it has to be passed down through the family and Jack Shepard is the next one to take over from Christian as the island emperor? I don't know. And it's just all a test for, to see if he's up to, up to the job. It could be. And he he won't make the grade for taking over from Jacob, but he'll have to step into his father's shoes. And he will step into his father's shoes because Christian Shepherd is wearing his shoes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, Jacob could get off the island, and Christian Shepherd obviously was off island. The Smokey yep. hasn't been able to get off the island. So this now, Ooh. he wants his turn. Assuming there's the three, or even if it's just the two. Okay. I, I wonder, though, the Hydra... Why the Hydra? What is it about the Hydra Station that allows him to go? Why not go just to the donkey wheel? I don't know. I don't know. The donkey wheel's in the orchid, isn't it? Well, it's below the orchid station. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, I think it is where they took... They, um the lift all the way down, deep down into the, the depths of the, the island. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what's on the Hydra Island that would be other than the airplane. That's the only thing I can think of on the Hydra. It would be the uh, the aeroplane. That's just musing away about what could happen. So should we should we run with the um, the three-tier system then? Yeah, I think that there's reason to believe for previous episodes and even here again that there's there may actually be a triumvirate there okay I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if they turn around and sit there and say to try to persuade Jack well <laughs> kind of like uh, Luke Skywalker your father was on the island your sister was on the island mm. you will be on the island waiting for an epith- epiphany to hit me and it's just not happening no. at the moment no it, it this episode didn't particularly go that way I think it will turn out to have been a significant episode in this defining of good and bad and one side and the other. I've heard and read people talk about the 
nasty look that Jack shot Ben. I don't think that's a big deal. I think there's there's enough not knowing each other's and people having to catch up with each other. I'll be interested to see the dynamic between Richard and Ben, but I, I think, again, it was just kind of set up with Alana's forgiveness that they're just going to move on. Yeah, even though we saw Richard for maybe 10 seconds, he still looks rejuvenated and ready to follow Jack yeah. now. I know, I'm still wondering about this uh, Christian Shepherd position then. Is that how he could project himself off-island, and that's when Jack saw him in his... Um, in the hospital in season four. I don't know. He drank himself to death, right? That's the idea. He didn't get mugged. He was almost like a yeah, suicide or something that he did. Yeah. See, the the man in black and Jacob not being able to kill each other kind of fits in this idea of you can't kill yourself. That's one of the stipulations of the gift. But Christian Shepherd is kind of a wild card. Yeah. And yeah, just for him to be there with Michael and him to be in the cabin be able to say he's not Jacob, but he can speak for Jacob. That, yeah, that, that could fit. Do you remember when we saw, uh, when Hurley found the uh, the cabin, mm-hmm. and he had an eye, he, he saw what we thought was Jacob in the rocking chair, and then an eye popped up, which to me looked like Christian Shepherd's mm-hmm. eye. That would fit. He'd be, the, he'd be the second party. We've seen them two people separated. And people have claimed there's more than one smoke monster. I don't buy that. I I, I, I can't believe that. there's a third presence, one that's the horse and Christian Shepherd and I don't know. It's <laughs> it's kind of going nowhere that theory for now, just because there's not enough information. It's, it's all speculation for now. But I think there's pieces in place to suggest that Christian Shepherd is going to turn out to be a third party. Yeah. The strongest evidence I can point to is Claire's comments and the stuff with Michael. And, well, just the fact that he's been off-island where Man in Black hasn't. Mm, that ruins my um, Cooper theory, then, of him being the Black Smoke Monster. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to praise that. That's That's still the way it has to be. I wonder if we'll see him this season. Um, I think if we were going to, I think we already would have. But I think we're going down the wrong path now. <laughs> um, have we have we said everything about this episode now? Yeah, I, I guess we have. It gave a couple of bits of information, but I think everything that we've learned is just a first bite. We're going to get more about Richard. We're going to get more about which side is which, and more about Widmore. Yeah, I wouldn't call it filler because I thought it was a a better, more substantive episode than that. It did move the story along. Yeah, is this the uh, the start of the the second act of a three part act, which everyone is talking about? Then I think so. You have okay. all the pieces. So you got the lines drawn. Everyone's on the side. Yeah. You have the wild card coming in. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> I just want even more Desmond, more Claire, or more Widmore. Then I'll be happy. Mm. What oh, What did Charlie say on the airplane? I was supposed to die. That's how I was supposed yes. to die. Yeah. So yeah. You think we'll get a Charlie story off island? I th- I don't know if we get a story. I think we might see him. I don't think we'll get his story. There, there wasn't much really to go on there, was yeah. there? I think where we would get something 
is when we get the Sun and Jin story, and they're being detained by security. Similar to how we saw uh, Sawyer when Boone was in there, trying to recruit the police to help him get Shannon. Yep. I think we'll see Charlie get carted through. Oh, like the, the, yeah, the crossing of paths. Okay. So I guess uh, we'll be back in another week to take a look at the next episode, whatever it may be called. If you guys have any more feedback and comments and such, please do send it to us. You can send it on Twitter to Elton McManus, all one word, or SHC1970. You can send us something on our webpage, which is bomb, which is rethinkinglost.podbean.com, or our Gmail account, rethinkinglost at gmail.com. Or if you feel like giving us an iTunes review, make sure you get the right account, and then give us a rating on what you think we're worth, please. But it's been uh, yeah. a good first half of the season. We're looking forward to the second half, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us, and I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.